Don't listen to this episode unless you want to find out Dean's biggest lesson from building a seven-figure telecoms business in just two years. How to create a business culture where people don't want to leave your business. The one secret of sales that no sales guru talks about. Come on, come on, let's have it! Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast with your hosts, Callum Webber and Jacob Ingamgott. Don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do. The only person that can stop you achieving what you want to achieve is you. Yes, the boys, Freedom Lifestyle. We're back here today for another podcast. And on today's episode, it's myself and my good man, Dean. Dean, I'm, I'm sorry, mate. I, you, we'll get to it in a second in the story. I can't pronounce your last name. I've been trying to say it for ages. Sendry, Sendry. Don't worry about it. Nobody can. It's a silent Z, Sendry, so you weren't too far wrong. There we go. Dean Zedry, boys. This guy is a mad guy, right? So I actually connected with him on Instagram. And on his Instagram, he's living this crazy life, traveling the world, going to all these mad, crazy parties. He's got Lamborghinis and sports cars and all sorts of stuff. So without further ado, Dean, I'm going to pass it over to you, mate. And obviously, you clearly have a, a mad, crazy story. So just share a bit about yourself so um, the listeners get a bit of an understanding of who you are and what your story is. Yeah, in a bit of a nutshell, mate, um, I am a, well, always have been a, a high-level, high-performing business-to-business sales professional, now come entrepreneur, um, alongside two of my good mates and, and business partners, Liam and Aaron. Uh, we've taken our telecoms business from three guys highly intoxicated with an idea in a swimming pool in Ibiza uh, in the middle of a, a worldwide pandemic into just over two years later, uh, a high seven-figure valuation on its way to eight-figure valuation. Um, we've surrounded ourselves with people that fit our culture. We've not employed people based on um, their skill set or their experience. We've actually employed people based on their culture. The reason we've done that, and the reason I think it, it fits in really well with what, what you guys are trying to achieve here is you can teach somebody how to do a role. You can give them the skills and the tools to be able to do that. You can't teach somebody how to fit the culture. You either fit the culture yeah. naturally or you don't. Um, and a massive, one of the massive um, quotes that I took away from this uh, most recently was I heard somebody say, I think it was um, Stephen Bartlett actually who said, if the culture is strong, yeah. new people will fit the culture. If the culture is not strong, the culture becomes the new people. So having that culture from the outset was a massive thing for us and it's helped us uh, no end to get to where we've got to in a, a, such a short space of time. Mate, that's that's a bell to that. So like, how, how old are you now, Dave? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, 37, mate. I don't like talking about it. 37. Ah, uh, mate, you're looking, you're looking fresh, mate. You're looking younger. <laughs> so obviously, mate, you're clearly a very successful guy. You know, you're on your way to an eight-figure business. If you were to sort of um, flip back now to back when you were in your sort of your 20s, I'm 25 now myself. Like, what sort of advice would you give to the listeners now? A lot of the listeners are sort of in the 20s. They're entrepreneurs. Like, what sort of advice would you give to them who are starting out? like literally from scratch in business and they've got massive ambitions, you know, they're willing to put in the work, willing to do what it takes, but they just don't know kind of what to do or where to start. Like what sort of advice would you give to them? Don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do. Uh, for myself, I lived in a state of certainty. I still do. I was always going to be successful no matter how I did it or how I achieved it. There was nobody and nothing going to stop me. And if I was surrounded by people that told me that I was stupid or I couldn't do it or I was a dreamer or I used to get told, you live a lemonade, uh, champagne lifestyle and lemonade money. These types of people 
you don't need to be around those types of people because you will become a product of that environment if you do that by distancing yourself from those type of people and surrounding yourself with those who have got a similar ambition and do want to take over the world that's how the first step of becoming successful is who you surround yourself with um, I've listened to a lot of the podcasts previously that you guys have done uh, and it's nice. a massive part of it that, that a lot of people have spoke about is is about being around the, the right people and I can't stress that enough it's not letting anybody tell you what you can and can't do it's living in that state of certainty and having that unwavering belief that you can achieve whatever you want um anyone that's ever been at a, a party with me will have heard me uh, when it gets in the early hours start to bore them to death about how the only person that can stop you achieving what you want to achieve is you um and as mad as it sounds i always give this same example that um cristiano ronaldo and Lionel messi are no different to you and i in the case that they're their blood skin oxygen the same as we are what's different is their mindset they were never going to be stopped to get into levels that they knew and wanted to get to and the only people that were going to stop them was them uh, and i think anyone can apply that if you've, you've got that right mindset and that strong character yeah mate absolutely bang on i actually did a post on this the other day and i was saying that if i was to let's say i lost everything i started from scratch again um i had no sort of business idea i didn't even have a business plan just i just knew i wanted to create more success like the number one place for me personally where I would start is I'd go all in on building a solid network. Because you, like, like you say, mate, you know, you're going to get these types of people out there who are going to tell you you can't do it, you can't do that. And your environment's powerful. Like the people you get around is so, like it affects you so much more than you think. There's a lot of science behind it and uh, the psychology behind it. But when you're around people who are playing a bigger game than you, you know, 99% of the time, they're not going to shoot you down. They're going to bring you back up and you're going to become a new part of that environment. Your network equals your net worth, as you know. So, uh, yeah, mate, you're, you're absolutely bang on. What's been like, so along your sort of journey, how old were you, by the way, when you, you got started in business? So when I started between the, the three of us, when we started our business, it was um, 2020, so it's only three years ago. So I was you know, 33, 34 at the time. Um, but it was always in my mind and in my my idea to be become uh, owner of my own business, to be able to take things in, in a direction I wanted to take things in. It was just finding the right opportunity. And um, a lot of people have had struggles and, and problems and issues through COVID and obviously massive, massive issues from, from that cropping up. But for us, it created the perfect timing to be able to do what we wanted to do because there was a need for what we supply. Um, in our telecoms industry, we supply phone systems that allow people to, to work uh, remotely in anywhere in the world. And when the pandemic hit, there was a multitude of businesses that were you know, years and years behind with phone systems that they, they weren't able to work on unless they were in the office and you weren't allowed to work in an office. So a multitude of businesses fell behind because they didn't have the ability to work uh, remotely. So we took advantage of that, um, made sure that we were able to offer people solutions that allowed them to carry on doing business. And in some instances, actually take advantage of the fact that their competitors couldn't do business because they were so far behind. Mate, that's class, man. That's class. So what were, before you start the business, what were you doing prior to that sort of like led up to, to where you are sort of now? To that, yeah. So my story really begins um, in a business to business sales environment in a company in Manchester, actually, which I know an area that you know particularly well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an audio branding agency. They were a world leader in, in creating audio brands for the likes of Coca-Cola, Samsung, Adidas, Audi, and then a multitude of smaller, medium-sized businesses. Um, I was headhunted by a um, recruitment person to, to go and an interview with them. Um, and when they put me in front of the MD, he absolutely tore me to shreds. Like, I left that um, interview in tears in the car park because I thought I was you know, a bit of a boy I thought I was good at sales and I had a, what I would have considered a successful career at the point um, I put my P60 on the table and he looked at it 
ripped it up and he went, the people I'm trying to sack are earning two and a half times that. So straight away, it was a massive reality check of, well, hang on a minute, maybe I'm not as as good as I thought and just proceeded to to destroy me through this um, this interview process. Um, there was 50 guys in that business across America, Canada uh, and Europe. All of them were older than me. All of them had vast experience in um, high level business to business. Um, and because I had the balls to sort of say to the MD, well, if you stop having a go at me and sit down and actually listen to what I've got to say, I might be able to tell you why I'd be a good fit. Because I had the balls to tell him that, they actually gave me a chance within the business. One of the key questions I asked in that meeting was, who's the top performer in the business? And I was given a name. And I said, the next time somebody asks you that question, the answer is going to be Dean Sendry. And the business has been going 14 years at that point. Um, in my first month, I broke the all-time company records. Um, and then over the coming years, proceeded to break every record uh, in a company's history. And I believe, because I've got friends there still now, uh, still hold a number of those um, sales records. Um, so from there, um, like yourself, um, once you become successful at something, you start doing really well. All of a sudden, your brain will start to communicate with you. But hang on, I'm making this amount of money for these people. They're making that amount. Where's the disconnect? And I think that's where that... A lot of people talk about hunger and being hungry to succeed. I was never hungry. I was starving. I'm still starving now. Yeah, that mindset's never changed for me. It's always wanted to be to, to get to where I knew I wanted to get to. And it was just finding what that, that gap was between working for somebody else and creating what was a good living. But how do you get to that end goal of making the money for yourself that you're making for that business? Um, I was then from four and a half years in that company, uh, being sent to Australia, South Africa, Singapore, America, Canada, Ireland, sending me on different business trips each and every month for about four years in a row, um, selling this audio branding facility to small and medium-sized businesses across the world. Um, and it comes to a point where you can only get on so many planes. You can only stay in so many hotels and stay on your own for so long. And no matter how much you're making, there's not really a substance to your life for doing that because the environment's changing all the time. You're not staying anywhere long enough to make friends or start relationships. And I was getting to a point in my life where I needed to put some roots down. Um, so then I was luckily picked up by a, a telecoms company in, in Southampton who had heard about me through what I was doing from audio branding uh, and offered me the same sort of remuneration that I was getting, but without traveling to different countries all the time. The idea behind that was the promise was the MD of that business was going to show me how to build my own telecoms business in the future. Um, little did I know, he actually used me to help sell his business for more um, than it was actually worth when he brought me in based on um, the, the value that I brought to, to the business. But rest assured, I still use that time to be able to pick his brain and find out what were the key components in running a business in that industry to be able to then do it myself moving forward. Mate, that's fucking class. And you know what? Flipping back to what you said at the start, I bet you make way more dough now than than uh, when um, they tried to pie you off at that business interview, mate. So just goes to show yeah. did it. I'd never forget that interview. And then at every single sales conference that we used to have past their award ceremonies and all the rest of it, they would always talk about this interview where uh, the MD absolutely destroyed me. And I mean, oh, mate, it absolutely ripped the skin off me. Like it was not much fun to be sat in there. But the fact that I had the balls to sit there and say, well, hang on a minute, listen to what I've got to say and you'll understand why I'm in the room. I think at one point he said to the sales director, how's this clown got in this room? Have you seen him before? Because I'm not. Like, what's he doing here? He's wasting my time. And I actually had to say, look, you know, if you stop talking and just listen to me and let me put myself across you'll see why I'm in the room and it was having the balls to back yourself in like I say living that state of certainty um, that gave me that ability to propel my career from where it was then to, to where it is now 
Mate, oh, fuck it. I'm all about that, lad. Like, a big bugbear of mine in life is, is people who just roll over in little bitches. Like, people who are strong people that back themselves, that believe in themselves. I'm all about that. And it's kind of like, it's most people in that situation, they would have rolled over and they would have cried like a little girl. They would have got away and that was it. And, mate, just standing there, backing yourself. Because, what you know, at that point as well, what have you got to lose? It's just like in business. When you back yourself and you you go against the grain and do what most people don't do, it's like, fuck. <laughs> you get people's attention, mate. So I'm all, I'm all about that, lad. So um, if you, so along your journey so far, you've built this this business that you've got right now. You're on the way to um, eight figures, which is fucking phenomenal, mate. What's been your biggest mistake and what's been your learn from that mistake so far? Yeah, great question. We we started in business. I keep referring to us, we, myself, Liam and Aaron. Um, I never speak about I or people that work for me. We always, It's always we. Um, and I think, again, that's part of that culture that we've created, to be honest. So if you hear me saying we all the time, I apologise, but that's where it comes from. Um, so when we, we first started, um, sort of summer 2020, the mistakes that we made were we were given a percentage um, of a existing telecoms company with the the idea to drive it forward. Um, we had our plan how to drive it forward, but we made the majority of our early mistakes. This is our first time running a business, right? Uh, we made the majority of our early mistakes. Luckily, I guess you'd say luckily for somebody else's business rather than ours, we part owned it at that time, but it wasn't fully going to be ours moving forward. And as things materialized, I won't put it to death for the details, but it would never have been ours anyway. Um, and we outgrew those people quite quickly. But the biggest mistakes we made were wanting to rush things wanting to do things as quickly as possible. You only get one chance to make the first impression. And if you make the wrong first impression, there's no going back on that. Um, there's no shortage of people that do what we do in our industry. There's circa 510 companies after the same business that we're after. So it's making sure that now we've learned to, when we win that business, to take our time to nurture it, to hold the customer's hand from start point A to end goal. Um, whereas in those early days, um, we, as soon as we ripped the business off the table, we were wanting to move things forward the same day. You just can't do that um, in especially in such a you know a technical environment such as telecoms because there's so many different facets to it. Um, and we found that out the hard way, I think, in the early days because we lost an awful lot of business um, off the back of that. And we also didn't credit check a lot of the companies that we um, we started to work with in the early days. So our first couple of months in business, we signed an inordinate amount of deals. Um, and the majority of those, we couldn't actually um, end up installing because the people wouldn't pass credit. Um, so yeah, a lot of things that we, we did in the, the early days were, were based on rushing things rather than taking our time and being methodical on it. I think that was our biggest mistake. It was trying to rush things uh, and trying to go too quickly. And, you know, that old adage of uh, run before you can walk. Mate, that's class. It's actually something um, I've discovered at the minute is we're growing rapid and it's like, fuck, you need to slow down, organise things, all that sort of stuff. Otherwise, it can get a bit of a mess, can't it? Absolutely, so yeah. I've, uh, I'm experiencing that first time for myself. So it really resonated uh, when you said that. Something, um, something you've touched on a few times, mate, as well, which I love, is culture. I believe no matter what business you have, if you've got three or more people, you need a good culture. I believe you need a good culture with your clients or your customers. You need a good culture within your company in terms of the people working with you and working for you. It's like the glue that holds it together. So anyone who's listening to this podcast now, they're going out there, they're building a business. Um, a big part of that is culture. So what would what's your biggest advice on building a phenomenal culture and and expanding on that culture and keeping that culture 
So when I talk about culture within in, in our environment and high communications, the office environment that we've created, and we've all been there. You'll have been there. I've been there. And guys that listen to the podcast will have been there. We've all been in jobs where you wake up thinking, fuck this, I can't be asked today. What excuse can I use not to go to that shit gaff today because I don't want to be there? We've all had that experience. I'd be absolutely heartbroken if anybody ever thought about that type of mindset working in our business. So what we've done is we create an environment in the office where even when we ask people or let them leave because of hit target, people don't leave. Like the environment that we've created here, it's so fun to be in. We've got PS5 in here. We've got darts. We've got table tennis. We've got an arcade machine. We've got Sky Sports. We've got a beer fridge that gets cracked open at about five past 9am on a Friday. We tried to create an environment that people really enjoy being in because if people enjoy being in the environment, they'll do more. If they do more, the service they're going to give to the client is going to be better. Therefore, the service level that they're going to report back to other people is going to be better. And it's all a sliding scale. That if you start there with the staff and they give that great service to everybody else, then you've got that platform then to go out and continue to build that business and build your client base based on the level of service that your customers are getting from the staff who are clearly happy to be in the environment they're in. Yeah, mate, bang on. When people want to be there, they show up and like you say... They- they show up as a sort of like a high performer sort of level compared to, you know, just doing the bare minimum. So that's, that's the other thing about culture me. as well. I think the best way to describe the culture in our business will be it's like a football changing room. It really is like individual effort to a group commitment. It's it's what builds a culture, what builds a lifestyle, what builds a civilization. Um, in our environment here, everybody's got their own part to play as part of the team effort. You win your personal battle and that leads to the team winning the team's battle. But it's a competitive environment, especially in the sales aspect. We have uh, wall boards up. I don't know if you can see um, behind me there. It's obviously not on now, but we have wall boards and things up on the wall that will show people's um, live stats as part of the day. So who's booked the most meetings, who's been on the phone the longest. Nobody wants to be bottom of those tables. And that drives that performance level because everyone wants to be better than everybody else. And again, if you've got that drive in, in and around that type of environment with the environment that people want to be involved in, it's the root of success success is the sum of small efforts made in day in day out it's repeating those same things and making sure that day in day out regardless what you did yesterday you're showing up today and you're giving that same level of quality that you did the day before mate that's it and and it's well it's like when um i can't remember what business event it was at now it's down in london stephen bartlett was there and he was a speaker and he was uh, he was telling his story and he was saying um i take this principle and utilize it in business but he was saying how the people, um, I can't remember what team it was. It was an Olympic team. I can't remember what country, but basically they ended up winning. And when they sort of like did a like a analysis and all the teams, they're all training the same. They're all eating the same. Um, they were doing all sorts of similar sort of things. But what put them ahead of the game was they focused on like the little 1% things, like little things like they ran tests on their mattresses and pillows that they slept on. So it was peak, peak sort of um, comfiness that is going to optimize their sleep. So their sleep was slightly better, which then enhanced their recovery and enhanced their performance. So, you you know, when you utilize that in business and you're looking constantly at the little like 1%, like it's those small, seemingly insignificant things consistently that are compounded through time it's them sort of things that that that, that, the game changer and i think a lot of people uh neglect that and you just touched on that mate which which is quality Um, sorry to interrupt that ties in lovely something that we say in here you're never going to improve anything 100 percent, but you can improve 100 things one percent and get the same result and you're dead right it's that little it's that minutiae as we call it those little insignificant that seem insignificant details that make the big difference 
Yeah, 100%. And it's like when you you go to scale a business, you know, that sort of point. It's it's better um, to earn one pound of 100 people's efforts than it is 100 pound off just your own effort. And, you know, as you start scaling and scaling and scaling. And um, something I can tell you quite passionate about this, mate, you brought it up a few times. It sounds like a big part of your business is sales. I'm, I love sales, mate. I believe it's, if you can learn any sort of skill that's going to take you from A to B um, and create wealth in your life, it is sales. Like without sales, there's no sort of vehicles, no driver force in the business. Like people who listen to this, they need to sort of up the sales game. And they need to start implementing that business. Like, what would your biggest sort of advice be for that? Biggest sort of advice for that would be, even now, I've, I've been in sales, B2B sales for you know, 14 or so years now. You're never at a level where you can't learn from somebody else, no matter what their experience or skill set is. It could be someone who's been in business for, for 40 years. It could be someone whose first day is on the job. Don't ever be naive enough to think that you can't learn from other people. Talk to people. Sales is all about talking to people, right? It's all about building rapport. It's building a connection. Also, as much as it is selling the product and making sure that you're um, selling features and benefits. But in an industry such as what we're in, for example, everybody needs in business what we do. They need a telephone system. They need a broadband connection. They've got to buy it off somebody. So why would they not buy it off us? So it's, it's making yourself personable, making yourself uh, easy to have a conversation with and educating yourself in loads of different areas of life, uh, whether that's in different sports, football, cricket, golf. I can't stand cricket. I'm not a big racing car fan or anything of the sort, but if I see it in somebody's office... I've learned enough to be able to hold a conversation with them that they think I've got that interest and then it draws that rapport. People don't want to talk about a phone system. They don't want to talk about solar panels. They don't want to talk about the thing that you're actually there for. But if you can create that rapport with people, you end up having half an hour, 45 minutes worth of a conversation with them on something they actually care about. By the end of that 30, 40 minutes, they really like you. The likelihood is if the product's good enough, they'll buy it at that point because they're buying you. It's again, I, it's that old average people buy people and they really do. It's, it spreads true in most industries really when, when sales comes um, into play because no one wants to talk about the phone system, like I say, or, or the solar or the double glazing or whatever it might be. So it's getting away from that and getting into that more interpersonal thing. So best part, piece of advice I could give people is even in your day-to-day life, if you're going out and having a few beers with the lads or whatever, everyone does it. You know, young lads go and speak to girls and whatever it is. You're selling when you go and speak to girls. It's no different to what you're doing so. in a yeah. business environment. Yeah. You're selling yourself yeah. at that point. And you are when you sat yeah. in front of somebody, when you're pitching a product to them, you're selling yourself. So, yeah, the best way to do that is just go out there, talk to people, practice, do it in your, your groups of peers or wherever you're with. Because the more you do it, it's like anything. If you're going to be good at something, you've got to do it consistently. The more consistently you do it, the better you'll get. It's as simple as that. Mate, I fucking love that, man. It's like what Grant Cardone says. It's like you sell, you, you sell or be sold. Like all day, every day, you're either selling or you're being sold to. You're either selling your, your products or service, your business, you're selling yourself to a bird, you're selling fucking, you know, whatever, you sell yourself at a job interview, you're just selling your missus to make your dinner, like whatever, or you're being sold to all day, every day, mate. So it's, yeah, uh, uh, yeah I love that. <laughs> it was funny, actually, when you mentioned solar panels, it resonated with me because I used to sell solar panels. Oh, yeah, so when, what you're saying, I was like, bang on, he's bang on, mate. Um, so yeah, I love that. Um, and the mentorship side of it too, like 
a big thing for me, I would say for me personally, it's helped me sort of create the success that we've got in, uh, in my life right now. It's finding mentors and finding coaches. And it's kind of like you can go out there and figure it out yourself and you can do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Or you could just shortcut the process. You can find someone who's achieved the success that you want to achieve in that area that you want to achieve it in. Find out what they did. Take that on and then implement it and just utilize it as like you're a student, you're not a follower. Cherry, pick the bits that are going to work for you. Double down on it. So I think the um, the younger generation and listeners have far more opportunity to be able to do that now than maybe I did when I was early 20s because social media didn't really become a thing until I think I was probably 23, 24 at the time. Whereas they've got that much access now to videos of, you know, people like, even if it's the the people that everybody listens to, like Tony Robbins or whoever it might be, you can take little things from all of these different coaches and mentors and help that mold you into the the sales professional or the business professional that you want to be um, moving forward. Whereas when I was a lot younger, it was a case of you had to really go and get yourself in and around those people to be able to do that, Uh, whether that was paid mentorship or, like I say, whether that was just bending somebody in a company's ear that had done particularly well and finding out what worked for them um, and what didn't work for them and then applying that to yourself. I think younger generation now have got absolutely every tool at their disposal to be able to arm themselves with all the information and all the knowledge to go out there and do as well as they possibly can. Mate, 1,000%, yeah. It's it's there at your fingertips and, uh, you know, like... It's also not only you gain out information, but like if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you read the books, you watch the videos, just like the lower end stuff before you start investing like in, in higher ticket stuff, you, be, you become a product of your environment, right? Well, that can be part of your environment. It's not just the people you're around, but when you're constantly listening to this sort of stuff and reading this sort of stuff on the daily, like that's going to impact, impact your environment and the person you become. So bang on, mate. Yeah, bang on. So outside of business then, because I believe like everything's sort of intertwined, like what you do away from business can affect what, what goes on in the business. Like what sort of um, advice have you got for people like outside of business in terms of like, if you are you on it sort of like with your routines? Do you have sort of any rituals? Do you do anything sort of away from business that helps you become more of a high performer and operate at your highest when you are in business? What I've noticed, um, especially over the last few months, is if you're settled in your personal and private life, you are 100% in a better place to be able to be consistent in your professional life. Um, Unfortunately for for me, for a number of years, I was kind of not particularly well settled in my um, private life, and it did have an effect. Uh, One month, private life would be going great, I'd be smashing it. Another month, private life might be on the floor, and it would have an effect on me. Um, So outside of business, if you can get that um, that settled private life, um, not having issues, not having ding-dongs, arguments, that sort of thing all the time, it will have such a massive impact on what you do from a day-to-day basis. Because if you're having problems with your girlfriend or your wife, your fiancé, whatever it might be, that's going to play on your mind whilst you're trying to operate within a business. You can't operate with 100% of your capabilities if your mind's somewhere else. So one of the big things for me has been having a, a solid um, private, yeah, solid private life that's not trying to take your mind away from what you're trying to achieve on a day-to-day basis. So that's only going to make it harder if you are in that environment. I rate that big time. It was actually so... Uh, well we're not together anymore but just over a year ago I was building the business we were kind of like starting out all that sort of stuff and I had the girlfriend at the time and I was just like work 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 and neglected her that then started 
causing problems in the relationship at the time. And then we were having arguments and all this sort of stuff. And then because you're having arguments, when I did go and, and I was in work mode, your head's mashed, isn't it? You can't operate at your highest level. So it's 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 that balance between the two. So yeah, man, you, you're bang on. But um, Dean, I suppose a final question for you then, bro, before we start wrapping up. What does your freedom lifestyle look like to you? Um, freedom lifestyle to me is the, the ability to pick and choose uh, what you do when you do it, but with the understanding that that comes with a responsibility of delivering every day. There's no relevance what you did yesterday. It's about what you do today to continue to be able to live that lifestyle. So it's all well and good being able to achieve your, your freedom lifestyle, but it's not forgetting the fundamentals that got you there. And like I said earlier, success is a, the sum of small efforts made in day in, day out. And it's just continuing to do that. Um, on the other side of things, it's also being able to give your family the sorts of things that they're not able to obtain uh, or they've not been able to obtain to help them live more comfortable, to help them achieve some of their lifestyle goals and, and dreams. Um, if you're able to do that, that for me is really what a freedom lifestyle is about, is having the impact on yourself, but also the impact on those that you love and people around you. Mate, fucking love that, lad. I'm all about impact, mate. The more you give, like the, the bigger levels you get to, the more you can give, the more you give, the more you end up getting, even without expecting it back. It just actually comes back around anyway. So, yeah, Dean, mate, I'm all Absolutely. about that. The universe, will, uh, the universe will serve you well, mate. If you're doing good things for other people, it always comes back to you. I've always found I'm a big believer in everything happening for a reason, big believer in karma and all the rest of it. And like I said, when, when we set up on our business journey with um, with our business, the timing, everything just fell into place for us at the right time. Um, and I know you guys speak a lot on the podcast about energy. Um, and, I, and I do resonate with that a million percent, that um, that energy, that that type of thing, putting good energy out into the environment and then getting it back. I truly believe that works. If you look yeah, at people like uh, Conor McGregor, for example, um, used to talk about driving around in a banged out metro, but in the back of his head, he was driving a Lamborghini. He visualised what he wanted to achieve and achieved it. Uh, and I'm massive on that. Setting small goals as well. Um, if you set small goals and you achieve those small goals, all of a sudden you get used to what success feels like. Um, success breeds success. So the, the more success you have, the better that you will do. So if you set those small goals, whether that's to obtain X job, or X amount of money or X car or X watch, whatever it might be that drives you. If you've got those small goals and you can achieve those, then your mindset should be right. What next? What's the next goal? What's the next thing we're going after? I think if you can do that, that will get you to the ultimate big goal that you've got at the end of it. It's having those small goals, having steps along the way. Because I think James Lavelle said it on the, the podcast, you're never going to be successful in one day or two days. Yeah. It's a process. Yeah. Making yeah. sure that that process, you know where that end goal is, but it's trying to get to that end goal. And that end goal is taking those small steps, those small wins to get you used to being successful to get to the ultimate end goal. Yeah, mate, I, I fucking love that. And it's like something we live by. Like it's great. We're, we're all about thinking big and it's great having that sort of big vision. And we believe um, like we don't have business plans or anything like that. We don't believe in them anymore. We just no. say set a clear intention of where you want to go take massive action and then just get the ball rolling and leave the how to the universe, as you say. But sometimes it's good having that. But if that's all you've got, you've just got this massive vision and it's like, you're, you're very far apart. It's, it could be like, fuck, <laughs> it could feel like a million miles away. But when you start tackling like the short term stuff, so it's like just basic shit. If you start up a business, like how can you leave your job? Simple as that. How can you just yeah. get a few grand a month, leave your job? 
um, make it so you can travel the world, get some new clobber, get some, you know, an, a, a nice new gaff. Don't have to be a fucking big mansion or whatever. Just this like short term shit that you can do over the next six months to a year or even stuff that you can achieve in the next month or whatever. When you hit that, it releases so much dopamine. You get that feeling of full momentum. It's better than sniffing lines of coke. Like you fucking, you feel mint and then naturally you increase your value as a man. You get to that next level and then the level after that, which is even bigger, seems a lot easier. And then you hit that level and so on and so on. And eventually you've hit this sort of place where a few years back you've, it was, you know, your sort of wildest dreams and now you're living it. So mate, I'm, I'm all about that. Like, That's I'm the other thing I think as well is for the, user, for the, sorry, for the listeners is to be, never be too scared of, what you want to achieve. Don't be scared to say it out loud. Yeah. Don't be scared to tell people, I want to achieve this or I'm going to achieve that. If you're able to speak it and you're able to see it, you're able to do it. Um, to put that into context, when we started this business, like I said, three of us, particularly intoxicated in a, in a pool in Ibiza that we came up with this idea. Um, for the first nearly a year, we didn't even have an office. You know, we had people working from home in their pants or whatever they might have been on the phone booking appointments for us to go out and, and sell these phone systems to. So if you'd have said to us at that point, what what's the dream? What's the goal? It was we want to be the biggest telecoms company in the country at that point. People would have left at us. We didn't have an office. We had three staff to start with. Um, so if you can see it and you can visualize it, you can achieve it. And like I said earlier, the only person stopping you achieve what you want to achieve is you or the reason that you tell yourself you can't do it. Mate, I love that. It's like freedom lifestyle. Like I, I was a, I was tripping on a heroic dosage of magic mushrooms, and that's when it all came to me. And it's just the rest is history, man. So yeah, mate, I love it. So your baddest ideas, you always come to you, you're fucked. <laughs> what what Sorry, you boys are doing it? is absolutely incredible. Um, I was just saying what you what you and Callum are doing, mate, is, is unreal. And I wish there was people doing it uh, when I was early twenties, mid twenties, to be able to give some guidance because you're living that lifestyle that you're trying to promote here, and you're again it's part of the environment that you're you're trying to create for people to look up to, to obtain. And there's no better example of that, of showing people to do it yourself. So all right, people talking about it, but when you, you're seen to be doing those things that you want to be talking about, traveling the world, living that free lifestyle, you, when you can do that to people and you can demonstrate it, people buy into it more and they believe it more and they feel they can achieve it more. So I really do wish when I was a lot younger, um, we had people to, to inspire us and, and guide us in the right direction. So yeah, absolutely every credit to both of you for what you're doing. I think it's class. I've listened to every podcast uh, and I've been able to take different things from different podcasts even in, in my life to be able to, to try and add things in it and improve on what we do day to day mate i appreciate that big time man appreciate it where's it dean where's the best place people can find you and connect with you um best place to, to find me really there's there's probably three different places you can find me for three different reasons um my general day-to-day life will be on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Dino, D-E-A-N-O, and then S-Z-E, the first three letters of my uh, surname. Uh, Twitter, if you want to listen to me or read about me ranting about football or, or business, you can find me on there. Um, and on LinkedIn, um, all the same um, handles across the um, the board. And to be fair, there's not many sendries, so if you search my second name, you'll find me on most things anyway, in fairness. Happy days, mate. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, D-Mate, thank you. That was fucking class, man. So peace out, everyone. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Lifestyle podcast. Myself and Jacob run a free community on WhatsApp with over 200 entrepreneurial lads in their 20s, escaping the rat race without doing it alone, feeling overwhelmed and burning out. I don't know whether you want to scroll down now, click the Freedom Lifestyle community link, take a short quiz in under two minutes to join for free. I can't wait to see you in there.